It has begun. The Wednesday Night Wars, that is. And we talk all about it on the only episode 40 of 123 Yes Wrestling There Will Ever Be. Also this week, we talk about week one of the King of the Ring tournament and the deflation of Kevin Owens' character. That and so much more this week. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow us on all podcasts and social media services. And if you want to join the conversation, shoot us an email at 123yeswrestling at gmail.com. But for now, enjoy the show. Welcome everyone to 123 Yes Wrestling, where we are the only wrestling podcast trying to bring any love back to professional wrestling. I am Chris, and this week I am joined by Ed for our 40th. This is our 40th episode. How are we doing, Ed? Man, we're over the hill. This is 40. This is 40. 123 Yes. Does this mean we have to start drinking Geritol and eating wafers? Uh, Benefiber. Okay, I'm cool with that, I we, we guess. Got, we got to be regular. As Corey's wife, Brittany, says, poops, you can't shit-ems. <laughs> what? <laughs> what does that mean? It's something she said at, at a random house party. I think poops, she was trying to, She was trying to say something like along the lines of, well, you, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, do something, you know, like, you know, trying to make something matter of fact. And it came out, poops, you can't shit-ems. So, and since we're talking about fiber, that's what came to mind for me. Hey, it's, it's a, it's a versatile saying. (laughs) Welcome to episode 40, everyone. (laughs) It's going to go downhill quick from here. (laughs) How are we doing, Ed, man? You doing good? I'm doing good. It was an interesting week, my friend. I'm actually at this point unemployed. Oh Uh, yeah. I, uh, worked uh, for a large cell phone carrier for nine years and, uh, in the retail sector, and you know what? I just uh, was in a place where I saved up some money, and I uh, decided to give myself some time to figure things out, maybe travel a little bit, see what's out there, you know? So big choice for me, but means probably I'll just have a lot more time to podcast and talk about random stuff, which is good. Hey, I'm, I enjoy that. I've been I've been waiting for somebody to join me. <laughs> Be like, "Hey, let's I can podcast whenever. Let's yeah. record stuff. Let's do whatever." So, man, that's awesome. Congrats, man. That's Thank you. I know it's Thank a, I know it's a hard move to do and I did something very similar last year and it's 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 a life change and it's a little different, but it's it's when it's good, it's good. Yes. And I am looking forward to good. Right? Good is good. So we are going to move on. We got our curtain jerkers of the week. We got a lot to talk about. So we're just going to kind of dive right in. We got emails. We got new TV deals. We got AEW. We got King of the Ring. We got all kinds of wrestling nonsense to talk about. You ready, man? Loaded. Just absolutely loaded with content this week, everyone. Pop some popcorn, buckle your seatbelts, and get ready for a ride. (sighs) Nice. Yeah. That was that was my car speeding away down the hill. All right. It's official, Ed. I don't know if you heard. It is official. Let the Wednesday night wars begin. Can you already see the DVD? Can you already see the network special, the Wednesday night wars? I was talking to Corey about this, uh, I think, last week. Like, it has a good ring to it, Wednesday night wars. And I even joked. I said he could already see the logo on the Pro Wrestling Tees website by... I mean, it's going to be a thing, and it's great. I'm I'm happy. I think, uh, you know, fans are the winners here. Uh, AEW is probably going to, you know, 
have to really step up their game, which they, they absolutely need to. But NXT, moving to a live two-hour show, man, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, and just like we kind of speculated last week, but NXT was announced to be on USA, not Fox Sports 1, but USA snagged NXT for two hours live every week starting September 18th. So apparently they had some actual taping set for like the 11th and the 12th at Full Sail, and they now moved them to the 18th. So the they're just kind of, it looks like they're still going to keep it full sale, at least for right now, which I think is a smart smart move. They don't need them touring or trying to do any of that, trying to do a 205 Live. Um, so I think that's a good move, stay at full sale. They're going to have to be creative with how they work the space and make that look on TV and live for two hours. It makes me a little nervous. <laughs> well, the format's going to change. Uh, I mean, it can't change too much or else you're going to lose what NXT is, but they're going to have to make some adjustments, and that's uh, that's the curious part of how that's going to play out. Right? Yeah, because it's one of the things we've talked about about NXT being so great is that it is just that hour. And on top of just being that hour, you don't have everybody on every week. You know, so it, they'll say, you know, Adam Cole, he just, this was the first time anybody saw him last night's episode, was the first time anyone saw him since TakeOver two weeks ago. Because they didn't, he wasn't on last week's Velveteen Dream. You know, all these people don't show up weekly, you know, and especially the champions, they're more bigger deals. You know, you don't see them every week. So when we get a two hour show, what is that going to mean for just a format? Or, you know, you're not going to have that old school format like they currently are running. Well, I mean, hopefully it, they can still do something where they just keep people off the show once in a while. You know, I, I get it. it's going to be two hours. You're going to have to show your roster off, but. You know, we've talked about it on episode after episode. Maybe just less is more, right? Like take a take a week off, let the talent rest, then give it, you know, give it back to us a couple weeks later. I, I don't know. I I hope it doesn't lose too much of what makes it NXT, but inevitably after this announcement, you, you got to expect it's going to be a little different. So who do you think they push? Who do you think? I mean. Everyone assumes Johnny Gargano's coming. I mean, how do they work this main roster thing now where you're coming up, you know, where, who's on what? Are they going to move people back? You're moving people forward. It's just, are we going to have, you know, Roman Reigns just popping up on NXT for random ratings boosts? I mean, how, who do they push? I mean, we hit Adam Cole, Adam Cole, and let him just run with it as the NXT champ. Um, who's going to be their, the face, you know, of I this brand? I really think it depends on what happens with AEW, to be honest. I think if AEW gets the edge, NXT might be pushed to be the premier brand, and that's when you might see guys like Roman Reigns come back to it to you know, give it that boost. But I really hope it doesn't lose the whole probing ground uh, theme, because I think that's what makes it so special, right, is that these are like, the, you know, like I, I've always compared it to college football. Like, these are the guys you know, busting their butt to try to get us to the pros, you know, and like, I think that's what's so like kind of special about NXT and they can't lose that. So um, I kind of hope that they just, you know, do their thing. They continue to be, you know, the best overall uh, wrestling product as far as, you know, the in-ring, but also, I mean, a lot of these guys are just impressing the hell out of me on the mic and their character development. So um, I hope that you don't see too many of the new talent get pushed, but uh, you know, pushed over. But I do think like guys like Velveteen Dream, Adam Cole, the Undisputed Era, uh, people that we probably thought were going to be leaving for the main roster, maybe sticking around a lot longer than we thought. And that's OK. 
or maybe even characters that didn't really work out so well on Raw and SmackDown suddenly find themselves back to NXT and get rejuvenated there. So you could almost have like a cycle going where, you know, they move people to the main roster, but then they move people back to NXT to see if they can reinvigorate their career. Like, I think that's the formula it needs to be. No, I absolutely agree with that. A couple other things coming out with this deal. Uh, Dave Meltzer reported that it looked like they're looked like it's about a two-year deal with USA, and they're making roughly about thirty million dollars a year that WWE's getting off paid off this deal. So that's another sixty million dollars coming their way for this TV deal um, to go head to head with AEW, which I thought was an interesting. Um, Thing. Now, one of the nervousnesses that everyone had was that this thing was going to be on TV. It's going to be on USA. So Vince McMahon is going to be involved, get his fingers in the pot. He is going to change what NXT was. Uh, but reportedly, Vince McMahon is staying away from the NXT product. So do we believe that? Do we think, how do you feel about just the idea of Vince being involved in NXT? And how do you feel about the report saying that he's not going to be? Do you believe him? I don't know anymore. I, I feel like Vince could easily find himself thinking that he's not involved, but very heavily involved, especially since it's on TV. But I also think that he needs to be careful because it's very much known that this is Triple H's baby. And I really think Vince has to have the foresight to know he can't be doing this forever. And I think nothing would hurt the future more than to take away the responsibility of creativity from Triple H on this product. Triple H now is going into the big time. Triple H has a chance to book a live two-hour show on USA Network. So I really hope Vince sees that, hey, I really need to stay away from this because I'm not doing myself a favor and I'm not doing the company or my family a favor if I just keep taking things away from people. And I, hey, you know what? He might be that much of a megalomaniac that he doesn't care. I've, I, I'm, I wouldn't put it past him. But it doesn't make any sense for him to be involved in this product. None. I don't I don't think he will, in all honesty. He is very, you know, there's been reports that he's already planning on stepping away from a lot. Once XFL starts here in February, he's got a lot on his plate with that. And even like this Monday's Raw, he wasn't there. I mean, you can't remember the last time it was reported that he wasn't at a Monday Night Raw I mean, he's laid off of SmackDowns for a while, it's been reported, and now he wasn't at Raw. It was Triple H, Kevin Dunn, and Paul Heyman that ran Raw this week, and as we'll get into, Raw was a pretty solid show this week. I thought all the product that we watched was was good, and this has been a trend that you know we've had for a while now with these Raws and SmackDowns being, for the most part, of decent quality. Now, SummerSlam, I wasn't around last week to be able to talk about SummerSlam a little bit. And I think SummerSlam had, I liked that it was shorter. I liked that for central time zone, we were done at nine 30. That was kind of crazy. That SummerSlam, I was figured we were going to be there all night, especially since we started it late and we couldn't get the network to rewind, but. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which apparently was an issue everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was watching NXT today and it was freezing on me and I couldn't get it past a certain part. I had to fast forward past past the match to get the network to play because it was frozen on me after I paused it. So they're having some issues and, you know, overall, I like the new layout of the network. But but I can easily see where Vince McMahon would need to step away or be able to stay away from NXT, whether or not he will. And we'll see. And uh, Chris Jericho was on Busted Open, and he says Vince McMahon can't stay away. Well, Jericho has got a. I mean, I, I love Jericho, but he's officially got a biased opinion. Jericho yep. is now going to say anything 
to make people believe that WWE is destined to just be the same old, same old because he works for AEW now. So that was exactly what he said. He said what made NXT special was that it was outside of the WWE USA bubble. And now NXT on USA will just feel like another WWE show once McMahon inevitably gets his hands on it. Well, I mean, it's a, it's possible. And I mean, Jericho knows Vince McMahon more than we do. Uh, I mean, he could be right, but I also think that you can't really put, that's like asking Cody Rhodes or Kenny Omega the same question. Of course, they're all going to think that because they are now on the other side of the aisle. They are, you know, this is the the Wednesday night war has begun. So people got to pick their sides, whether AEW wanted to be in a war or not. Now they are. So they just got to deal with it. Yeah, and a lot of the AEW wrestlers were responding via Twitter once the news broke this week. I think Tuesday morning was when they broke the news about the official announcement on USA. And the AEW wrestlers hit Twitter. Uh, Young Bucks posted the announcement, which I thought was weird that they were all talking, like they were tagging WWE stuff in their tweets. I don't, I'm not a Twitterer as much, but I just thought that was weird. I don't know why you'd want to promote that to your fan base, but. The Young Bucks, they've tweeted out that they weren't afraid. And then Jericho posted out the same thing, but then he did a hashtag, you're welcome, which then forced William Regal to send his sarcastic. Did you see his response? No, I did not. What did William Regal posted out this whole thing and said, oh, yeah, Chris, out of the last 10 years and all this hard work coming from you know what we were and all the touring and everything we've done 10 years, that's all thanks to you. Thank you. <laughs> and it just ripped of sarcasm like, yeah, this has been a 10-year journey to get this show on TV. And just because AEW exists now, of course, there is some truth, I would imagine. I doubt they would be going to USA if it wasn't for AEW. So I think that we do owe them a little bit. And hopefully it's a good thing and not a bad thing. But it's definitely is going to shape up AEW a little bit. They're going to have to really step it up. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I I, I am excited for the possibility, like I we talked about a couple weeks ago, I'm going to have to go back and forward channel surfing again, and that's pretty awesome, you know, because uh, I'm sure this is going to change the way NXT is delivered on the network. So you really are putting WWE fans and AEW fans back in a situation especially for the young fans i'm excited for them because they are going to have to go back and forth and that's cool do you think that this not negatively but i mean it does make aew's job harder doesn't it to a point totally I I, i understand that they're the 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 cool kids and they're doing their thing, but it's just i mean that has to be not necessarily what they want for day one to be already have competition i think I really do believe that they probably felt that they weren't going to be necessarily in this position. I think they were intrigued by the fact that they were getting so much buzz so early and people were kind of clamoring for them to be this rival. But I don't think they actually thought it was going to happen this quick. And now WWE is like reacting the way a big company should react when it sees the dips that it's seen, it's seen, you know, some ebbs and flows and they're not going to, they're trying really hard not to be in a situation like they were in the nineties and early two thousands. They don't want another, you know, thing where they've got a company putting them on the ropes. So this is them, you know, basically saying, all right, you know, you guys are on TNT. 
we take that seriously. So now we're going to, we're going to step our game up too. And yeah. like I said, whether AEW likes it or not, they're in this now. Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. Um, we're going to move on. Tony Schiavone signed with AEW to be part of, they said, an, they didn't say announce team, but they're part of their like commentary or just, He's there as a part of the announced team, but they didn't say he was part of the commentary. That's what I was trying to say there. So Tony Schiavone is there. Apparently they had to, he's already done some backstage interviews and apparently they also worked out a deal that allow him to still work with MLW. So do you think this is a good move for AEW to bring Tony Schiavone? Like you're trying to stay away from these WCW comparisons, but then if you're going to throw JR and Tony Schiavone as your commentating team, because you would imagine with the criticisms that AEW has gotten from the few shows that they've done with their announced team, if you're going to have Tony Schiavone sitting there, you bring him in. So you put JR and Tony Schiavone next to each other realistically in a two-man booth, but I'm sure they'll still have the, the luchador guy. I cannot... Excalibur, I think. Yes, that's him. They'll still have Excalibur there as a three-man booth. That could be interesting. But, I mean, do you think – I mean, you start throwing around those WCW comparisons a little bit, don't you? You have to. But you know what? To be honest, like, I think it's a great move. Uh, their commentary is terrible. I, I, I think it's like, you know, it had they had to do something to fix it before they went on national TV because it felt very much like a – like a very bad indie show that's kind of like we're broadcasting for the first time feel a, a few times. And, you know, Jim Cornette, I thought did a great job kind of explaining the issues with the commentary team. But yeah, I think bringing Shivani in and having JR and him play off of each other, being that they were both involved in the initial Monday night wars on opposite shows. Like, I think it's a good move. And uh, I think it was a needed move because that commentary was rough, man. It really was. I agree. What I've seen, it hasn't. And yeah, once you start hitting, I mean, of course, I would imagine they would hit some flows once they get weekly and you get back in the groove as opposed to doing these monthly shows that they've done this summer. Um, it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, bringing in Tony Schiavone, I think is a good move. My only nervousness would just come in, like I said, those comparisons of looking and sounding like WCW as much as, you know. Well, it's almost like they're, like I said, they're on a path that they can't control. Like, mm -hmm. And I, it's probably pretty frustrating, probably for like the Bucks and Cody, who maybe honestly believed like they, I, we didn't want it, we didn't want this, we didn't want this, we didn't want any of these comparisons. But now you've pretty much have pushed us in the corner where that's what we have to be, you know. So that's that's where we're going with this. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, for our next and last, our third news item, I'm actually going to step out to an email that we got from what? a we we got an email. We got we got a couple this week. So Holy we got smokes. an email from uh, Rico, the subject line, which I think you'll appreciate. Wait, Rico, the stylist? Maybe Rico with the big ch mullet, mullet chops. It could be he didn't put his last name God, on I here. So, so we'll 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 picture whoever this is with giant mullet uh, mullet mutton chops. Giant mutton chop Rico. So the subject line, you guys are WWE marks. Huh. So I knew this one was going to be good. Uh, short and sweet. AEW has been selling out each episode of their show, and you guys haven't talked about it. Why isn't that news to you guys? Is it because Vince isn't involved? So apparently I'm assuming they're referring to now we're about five weeks of TV tapings for AEW, and each one's been selling out in an hour, in two hours. So do you think that that's still newsworthy, even if they haven't had a show? No, it's not. 
you know what? We aim to entertain and we aim to keep things positive. And I'm sorry, but duh, AEW selling out shows. Yes, the sky is also blue. Roses are red. Rico, you managed Billy and Chuck. These are all truths, okay? So get over it, bro. I, I mean, like, I think we talk about AEW plenty, and I think we're all excited for them, but that's not news. Like, that's just, you know, it, it's not surprising. And why do why would we have to report that? Well, I think I think when we hit when we start when they start selling out episode 10, 12, yes. 15, 20, and they're selling out in an hour, then I think that it, we could talk about it as news. I mean, they need to do the lap around the country. Yeah. You know, you do the lap around the country, and then you come back. You know, you come back to D.C. for episode 45 and see if you sell that out just as fast. You know, I mean, no one knows what this product is. I mean, if they, I would buy a ticket day one if they came here just because I would want to know what it is. What's this product yeah. going to be? So, I mean, I think it would be news then. But, no, I don't – like I said, I I like my WWE. I've always sided with WWE. I'm excited for AEW, but I'm cautious because I haven't seen anything that I really like about AEW yet. The couple little shows that I've seen have been rough, and I already am sitting here wondering, am I going to buy all out? Because it's 50 bucks, and I don't know. I keep watching their pre-shows, and I keep watching stuff going, eh, is this going to be worth my money? Because now it's not like WWE Network. You know, there are a lot of these WWE pay-per-views I wouldn't buy if they were still selling these on pay-per-view. Man, you just got to get yourself one of those, like, new cheater box, Fighter 6, you know? Fire yeah. Sticks, yeah. It's is that, the new is cheater. That, don't you it's have to know a guy box. who knows a guy who knows you a guy? You do. You have to know a guy or you have to, like, watch a YouTube video before the feds watch it. And then they, like, you know, take down however way that they make the Fire Sticks. I don't know. But anyway, anyway, one more thing for Rico. Rico, if you are indeed a stylist, I am in need of a cheap haircut, a good fade. So... Be sure to email us, you know, with your salon so I can get a proper cleanup here because I'm looking a little raggedy. And then you can talk to Ed about AEW. For sure. Because we're excited. We are excited. And we're trying to figure out how we're going to talk about this product as now this week they we have four more hours of wrestling to watch. So we oh, might have God. some format changes and even a change in the day of the week because I was thinking about how SmackDown's now going to be on Fridays. <coughs> so SmackDown's going to be on Fridays. We have four more hours on Wednesday of wrestling. How, you know, so we might have to change when we're going to record. We might have to change how we're going to do this because now everything's off. We got wrestling Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So when do we record? When do we put an episode out? We might have to go to Sundays. It'd be really nice if more people listen to us so we could start getting paid for this, you know? Then we could actually be being paid to watch wrestling. That is. I do keep track of when I buy stuff so I can write it off on my taxes. <laughs> if I have to any income. Smart. So, Smart. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I think that was the only reason I purchased Slammiversary because I was like, I'll write it off at the end of the year and then that won't work. I'll get audited. <laughs> because of Slammiversary. Damn you, Impact Wrestling. Damn you. Damn you to hell. That's going to make it for the Curtain Jerkers. We are going to move on to the mid-card wrap-up, which starts each and every week with the sits and fits from Mr. Fitness. Ooh. Mr. Fitness? Where's he at? Wait. Who are you? What, what are you doing heck? in here? Oh, God. Oh, God. He's taking the mic. Hello, hello, hell. 
Man, San Antonio is hot. I'm sweating like a beefcake. Hello, everybody. This is E-Money. Mr. Fitness took the night off, apparently. Apparently, he's got a lot going on. But you know what? I don't think he's got anything going on. Just like that fella, Ed. Ed, you got nothing going on now, don't you? Absolutely nothing. Hey, you know what? I did watch some wrestling this week, and some of it was pretty good. Let's talk about this fiend guy. He kind of looks like Beetlejuice. You know that guy, Beetlejuice? That was a good movie in the 80s, you know? What was it? Gina Gershon? No, no. Gina Davis. That's it. Yeah, Gina Davis. Anyway, the fiend is... By far one of the best characters. I know you boys talked about it a lot last week, but man, he's got great pants. A little bit of red, a little bit of black. And then you you know you take out that pervert Jerry Lawler. I, I just loved every bit of it. Anytime you can take out an old perverted man that collects Coca-Cola products, I just think that's just that's just the bee's knees right there. So the fiend gets E-Money's Certificate of Excellence Award this week. But then I want to talk about that Rey Mysterio promo. First of all, that was the best Rey Mysterio promo I've seen since, well, he got thrown as a spear in WCW by Kevin Nash. That, that was the best promo I've ever seen Rey Mysterio do. But is anybody else thinking what I'm thinking? The inevitable turn of Dominic on his, uh, on his father, where he looks down and says, I was never your son. And Eddie was my poppy all along. Boom! Culmination of a 20-year storyline. Thank you, Vinnie Mac. Well, I don't got much else to talk about this week, but I do want to give myself a plug. E-Money is getting into the butter business. Yes, that's right. Country crock, eat your heart out. E-Money's sweaty goodness coming to a grocery store near you. All right, Chris, I'll get out of here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You'll have to do some editing, bro. So, yeah, this big sweaty dude just came into my house and stole my cheesecake and Took the microphone from me. No, and... no shit. That guy did the same thing. Did he wait? Check your freezer. Did he take an ice cream sandwich from you? I think he did. Holy I had shit. my pineapple upside down cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory sitting right here. And he grabbed that. And then I heard him rustling around in the freezer. Hear the dog barking. Chaos. I, I really Chaos. am sorry, Chris. You weren't there last week. It got really gimmicky on this show. It got real gimmicky. And. You know, I know we had Mr. Fitness, but I think we have to deal with this guy now. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought maybe with me being back that everyone was going to behave, and this dude just broke into my house. So well, I wonder where Mr. Fitness is, though. That is kind of weird that he just like is not here. Right. He usually, he finds usually, a way. He usually does find a way. Well, I guess we'll stay tuned. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle him. <laughs> Might be too much for you. Might be too much. That almost broke me. All right. Well, we are going to move on to week one of the King of the Ring. 
King yes. of the Ring is back, and they're doing it as more than just a one-night gimmick. They are doing it as an actual tournament that leads to the pay-per-view, Clash of Champions. They're going to have the uh, the finals to claim King of the Rings. So, I mean, you guys, I know was, you and Corey were texting back and forth during Raw. Seemed excited about this one. It's It feels different. I mean, the last one was, I believe, Wade Barrett, right? Was the last King of the Ring? I, I think he might have been the last one. And it felt so terrible because Wade Barrett would have been an awesome King of the Ring in the old format, you know, where you have these matches, you know, maybe every other week, every week, or, you know, I mean, back in the day, there was a King of the Ring pay-per-view, which was great. But, you know, this felt good. This felt different. Number one, and I mentioned this in the text message, all of these wrestlers could be argued to be like some of the current ring generals right now. They may not be the the main eventers, but if you put these guys in matches, you're going to enjoy what you watch. So it makes sense that these guys should inevitably be the king of the ring because that's what they are kind of competing for in their current, you know, everyday, you know, appearance on Raw or SmackDown. So I love that they picked uh, a good amount of people that are, you know, that need something like this to kind of push them over the edge. The second thing is, though, the booking of it is very well done. You know, like you're building up the matches. You're kind of doing like I noticed on Raw, they were like doing the the old school, like let's put a picture of them looking at each other, you know, tail of the tape stuff. Like all those things go a long way to making you excited for a King of the Ring match, which most of the time they'd only last like maybe 10 or 15 minutes. But it's just so far. I mean, I feel like this is like the old school format. They're talking about old King of the Ring winners, like they were talking about Owen Hart, you know, Bret Hart, Triple H, Stone Cold. Like, yes, that was when it was like, hey, if you win King of the Ring, you're about to become the next guy. And that's that's what this needs to be. And a lot of the people that they have in it, you know, are all kind of right there where they could use this as a platform to really jump and do something. And they got some good matches set up. I kind of want to go down who's in it, who they have set up in the uh, the 16 people that they have in the tournament. Now, mm-hmm. four have already been eliminated, so then we'll kind of run through those matches a little bit. Um, but the, the 16 that they originally announced for it, it was uh, eight on Raw and eight on SmackDown. Uh, for SmackDown, we had Ali, Andrade, Apollo Crews, Buddy Murphy, Chad Gable, Elias, Kevin Owens, and Shelton Benjamin. Now, this week we did already have Apollo Crews and Kevin Owens both got eliminated from the King of the Ring tournament, and we'll, we'll go more into especially the Kevin Owens thing here in a minute. And then on the Raw side, we have Baron Corbin, Cedric Alexander, Cesaro, McIntyre, The Miz, Ricochet, Sami Zayn, and Samoa Joe. And we did have Sami Zayn and Cesaro already get eliminated from the tournament. But out of these people, who do you think is going get to the, get the crown? Oh, it's hard to say. Um, and that's what's that. I and mean, that's what's good it's about so it. So easy you know? to say. It's so easy. Really? I don't so know. So easy. I mean, I really, I really hope it's Ricochet, because you could literally do the King Ricochet thing. But uh, if it's a, it's a heel, man, like I want, I would love to see McIntyre get it. But I, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts, man? King Corbin. Yeah. As soon as I saw yeah. he was in that tournament, I was like, that dude's totally winning it. King Corbin. That's just, he's the, he's the only person out of that group that would run with it. 
Like everyone else, you would do something with it for a minute, but like Baron Corbin would, with I mean, he'll run that gimmick for years. He he'd turn it into a King Booker. Booker. He would do well. And you know, random fact about Corbin, which I just found out, his theme song really grew grew on me. Like his new one, and yeah. I actually downloaded it, and I noticed it's by Jim Johnson, and it was released in 2017. So, mm-hmm. like, I thought that was kind of interesting because I thought Jim Johnson was done with them, but yeah, he made the. Uh, new Baron Corbin song and it's a really if you listen to it a few times it's a really heavy like good like kind of metal track but you know, you know what? which one always gets stuck in my head huh Shayna Baszler's yeah hers is pretty dope too hers is just yeah. it's just got that nice hook and that loop yep. and it just goes and that gets stuck in my head for days whenever yes. she's coming out I walk around my house yep Shayna Baszlering. No, you know what? I'll, I will agree with you. I, I really hope Baron Corbin does get that because that will force him to uh, adopt that gimmick, which will just make the fans hate him even more. I can I can easily see a McIntyre. I can easily see a Ricochet or Miz if they're going to go good. I don't see anybody on SmackDown. The only person I could see on SmackDown if they wanted to do something with would be Buddy Murphy. Um, with his push, which we'll talk about here in a minute as well, maybe. But with with if they really want to work the King gimmick, you got to stick with one of the people who could pull it off. And I think McIntyre, Corbin, Ricochet, or Miz would be your your go tos. But we shall see what they do. Did you see the Shelton Benjamin promo going for Chad Gable? No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh my God! So they so Chad Gable's cutting this promo talking about how you know. I shouldn't be here and I'm doing this. And then they're showing Shelton Benjamin opening the door behind him. And he's just looking at the camera and then doing his shtick where he looks around and he's just behind Chad Gable, making faces at the camera. And then he goes in the locker room and then Shelton Benjamin comes out and he puts a sign on the door and walks away. And Chad Gable turns around and he looks up at it and it says, you must be this tall to, uh, participate in the king of the ring oh my god and he looked like he was gonna cry and then he sat there and then he was like and he went inside so shelton benjamin was cracking me up because his faces were there i don't know why they're doing this short angle with chad gable um now supposedly there's a report out that there's they wwe trademarked a new name for chad gable which i hope to god you did you didn't hear this yet right no Supposedly, they trademarked a name called Shorty G. Oh, no. So the assumption is that, yes, that it is going to be Chad Cable's name because they're doing this, and obviously Gable starts with G. So Chad Gable may very soon be known as Shorty G. How bad is that? <laughs> so you got the next Chris Benoit as far as wrestling talent goes. We're not talking about all the stuff that happened. I'm just talking about pure wrestling talent. You've got the next Chris Benoit on your roster, and this is what you give him? If that happens, God, I hope AEW wins the war. Now, do you think, now, this is just a crazy conspiracy theory that I'm just going to put on the tinfoil hat, and we're just going to run with this for a second. Do you think, now, we're having, always talking about these contract negotiations. Now, supposedly, even, like, uh, Grand Metalik and Kalisto tweeted out that there's, like, 10 months left to their contract, and there are going to be free agents in 10 months, which prompted Braun Strowman to hashtag adios to them, which I thought was funny. But you have these people that may or may not be signing contracts. Do you think they w- would do something like that to bury him before he would become a free agent? Uh, like, sure. Let's call him Shorty sure. G and let's have him do a bunch of crazy shit. And but do- it could backfire because you look at 
some of like the things that, for example, even Cody, I'll go as far as with him, you know, like the Stardust thing, he really tried hard to make that work. And, you know, now he kind of looks at it as a badge of honor. Like that's what brought out, you know, the real American nightmare, you know? So they got to be careful with that. Cause if they try that and then all of a sudden he doesn't sign and goes over to AEW and blows up and he starts talking about like, they tried to hold me down and, you know, I'm one of the best wrestlers in America and, you know, it, it, people eat that stuff up. They really do. So, you know, if that is the plan, it may backfire. Oh, I know. And chances are, if you really want to bury someone, the easiest thing to do is Luke Harper them and you put them on the sidelines and just let them sit out their contract as opposed to trying to put them on TV. Cause you know, any publicity is good publicity, you know, right. ultimately. So just putting him on there and calling him Shorty G is just going to make people crave it more for him to go away. So and go someplace else where he could do his thing. I mean, if you're not going to do anything with him on the main roster, if that's your plan to call him Shorty G, then send him back to NXT and let him just run roughshod on people. <laughs> do some of those things, you know, that to make it worth it. You know, you have talent there and he's got charisma and he's got, I mean, he was the one who brought out uh, Jordan. What the, what the heck was his Jordan? Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan. Okay. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. But I, I mean, know. he was the one that actually brought out personality in Jason Jordan. Yes, and then that, that tag team was just uh, American Alpha was just ridiculous, man. They were the I best. Missed, I missed. They were one of the best tag teams of, you know, years. I will openly admit that when they won the NXT tag titles, I was live for that. When they beat the Revival, I believe. Mm-hmm. Number one, it was one of the best matches I've ever seen live. But I did get emotional for them because the actual ride for them to get to the t- NXT tag titles was so well told yeah. that that crowd literally exploded when they won. Yeah. Yeah. That was just that. I remember that match. That was just a hell of a match with them and the revival. And yeah, like I said, the way that they did that was just, that was good stuff, man. I yes. really hope that NXT is going to be able to keep up telling oh, those yeah. types of stories yep. when they hit the, the main roster or when I they t- hit Wednesdays. Cause I tell you, if they barely, if they bring that kind of energy, AEW doesn't have a chance. And I don't care what you say, Rico. They don't have a chance if that's the kind of stuff they put on live t- TV. Right. All right. We're going to move on to Monday Night Raw. Um, this kind of have some highlights on Monday Night Raw. You let me know if I missed anything. But I know one of the threads going through was kind of the Braun Strowman, Seth Rollins storyline. Uh, but Braun Strowman had a match against AJ Styles, which I thought was a pretty actually solid match. I was enjoying what they did. And AJ Styles doing some big moves to try to take him down. And Braun Strowman just swatting him out of the air. And it really looked like Strowman was going to win the U.S. title for a second. And then uh, it ended up being a DQ with the Good Brothers. And the OC beat up Braun Strowman, which then caused Seth Rollins to run out and help Strowman clear the ring and Strowman keeps looking at the universal title and he keeps looking at the universal title and then later in the night Seth Rollins comes out and says hey I know you want this title and if it was up to me you'd have a shot while everyone else is just giving out title shots to whoever they want for whatever reason on Raw we can't do that but he wants Seth Rollins wants to go for the tag team titles with Strowman on Monday Night Raw. So that was the main event as well. And Strowman and Rollins won the tag titles from the OC. And they are the tag team champions. This is Braun Strowman's second belt, if you count his tag team run with Nicholas, the 12-year-old child from WrestleMania 34 last year. If you count that, you know, two-week run or whatever that was with a 12-year-old child. So if you missed that, that happened. 
So, I mean, that was that. Now we're using the tag titles as a prop for the universal title match, which we're assuming a class of champions will be Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins. But how do you feel about the, how the story was told, what they did, the tag titles? I mean, uh... you see, normally I would be upset with this type of storytelling, but it was told in such a good way with the, the fine details of, you know, Strowman, like it's clear Strowman wants that universal title. And let's also say Strowman has been booked correctly for at least three weeks now. Mm-hmm. He's back on track, running through people. And by the way, like when this guy throws his shoulder into somebody and everybody sells it by flipping in the air like four times, that's awesome. Right. Like right. everybody is selling him the right way right now. So he's back to being that monster, which is great. I really didn't have a problem with it and I, because I know the good brothers are inevitably going to get it back, which will get their heat back, and they'll be able to do their thing. But, yeah, this is all in a way – designed to get us to the match of Seth Rollins versus Braun Strowman for the universal title, which I'm actually excited to see because it's number one, a different pairing. It's not Brock Lesnar and you know, it's just, it's a fresh feud. So I, I'm okay with it. I, I, you know, you may disagree and if you do lay it on me, but I didn't have a problem with it. No, I really didn't have a problem with it. Um, my only thing comes in is just like i said stroman and rollins is a little weird um you don't know what they're gonna i mean are they gonna take the belt right back off rollins are they gonna is it gonna be a tag title match is it gonna be a three-way is it gonna be a all winner take all belts with the the oc versus you know like how are, how are we branching this off when we go to clash of champions you know are they just gonna do a tag i mean you have to all belts have to be defended so seth rollins could have they could do a tag title defense match and then a universal title match and Strowman and Rollins a fight twice. Yeah. That could be interesting. They could. Um, I just don't know, you know, do you let Braun Strowman lose again or do you let Seth Rollins lose? Again? You know, it's it's just a weird it's a weird timing for it. If they want to push, I really think they should push Strowman and Rollins for Survivor Series and they should just yeah. tell the story and build to their one-on-one match at Survivor Series, I think would work a little bit better. You're just biased because you're going to be there for that show. Yeah, maybe. I Maybe I would want to <laughs> see that. I know they're, they're starting to, like, trickle feuds for NXT. And I'm like, ooh, TakeOver. Yes. Be a TakeOver. Yes, be you a are. TakeOver Chicago 2. Who's going to fight? You know, I was kind of glad that they got the – granted, I still have to watch it. But I was kind of glad that they got the Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano done because I wouldn't want that to be – I wouldn't want to see their third match. I'd want to see Adam Cole fight somebody new which looks like we'll do. So I was like, that's super cool. But yeah, I just clash of champions is a weird pay-per-view and <laughs> yeah. yeah. And coming so quick after SummerSlam, you just don't know exactly where they're going. Well, now, realistically, well, if I want to, if I'm booking a universal title match for survivor series to be there to see, I want to see Seth Rollins versus the fiend. That's the match I want to be there for. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. But I want a golden toilet seat, but I don't know if it's going to happen overnight. So Right. What was it? Shits Fibridge or what was Poops? You can't shit ems. Poops. You can't shit ems. Yeah. So, you know, I, I really didn't have a problem with the few, with the tag team title change. It left in an intriguing mark that's going to make me want to come back and watch and see what happens. I'm not in, invested in the tag team division because I don't feel Monday Night Raw has a tag team division. So as long as they're telling a story, as long as they're doing something with them, those belts are props anyway. So use them. And I'd be curious to see where they go next week. They got me ready to come back. Now, we had Sasha Banks 
she uh, did an interview, a sit-down interview, <coughs> and Michael Cole wanted her to explain her actions. Explain, 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 explain. And then Sasha Banks basically just talked about her hair. My hair was blue. I just was not working purple anymore, so it's blue now. I feel so much better. It's so much more natural. And then uh, Michael Cole was, of course, that's not what we're talking about. It's you attacking Becky and Natty and all of those things. So, I mean, how do we feel? Sasha Banks is now back. She came back last week. Surprise. Nobody saw it really coming. Everyone was excited. She beat the crap out of Natty. She beat the crap out of who Natty, I don't understand this. I don't know her. And I don't even want to talk about it. But how do you feel about how Sasha's back? I mean, I, I said it last week. Uh, it's great to know that if you, you know, uh, don't work for four or five months, and you basically insinuate that you're complaining about your position in the company, that eventually you'll be brought back and you will get everything that you want. Um, which, hey, like, if I just wish they would have, and maybe they still will. I mean, she didn't say anything, uh, you know, when, when directly asked, like, you know, why are you doing this? She just said, you're welcome, mm -hmm. which was a throwback to Perry Saturn. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just if they're going to make this a storyline, make it a storyline. You know, I just hope she gets out there and says, look, I was entitled to this. I was entitled to that. And guess what? I decided not to come here until I got what I wanted. Like if they're going to do it, just do it. Because like I already feel heat for her in real life because she literally just took four months off, came back, and now she's right back into the title picture, which it worked then. So if you're going to make it a storyline, make it a storyline. No, I think I'm going to be a – I don't know. I've just I had this crazy thought, and I'm sure it's not true. But what if it was? Because we've been seeing these wrestlers trying to use social media, develop their characters, and do their things. What if this was the plan? Because they're starting to give some people some time off, and they're starting to you know m people miss a few weeks. What if that was a plan? Like we need to make Sasha Banks a heel. How do we make Sasha? How do we make these people who are gonna? As soon as she go turns heel, they're gonna cheer for her. We're going to have all these marks, these Morlocks that are going to cheer for the bad guy because they want Sasha to be the heel. How do we how do we change that? Oh, I get it. Why don't we say she had a temper tantrum? What if we said she did all of these things and did all this stuff and you just go take go take take a vacation, take a few months off, do this stuff. We'll bring you back when we're ready for you to be positioned in this thing and she can come back as a heel. I mean, it can be set up that way where if they were smart enough to really play the social media game, it could have all been a work. Hey, I hope it is because guess what? I don't like her, and I right. did like her before. So right. if, if that if that was the plan, good for them. Unfortunately, I just can't give them that much credit. I know. I know. I'm just, you know. So what, I, what, I your, what, what are your thoughts on it? I don't really – I mean – I'm fine with it. Like I said, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, because of that situation, it does make me hard to like want to cheer for her, but now she's a bad guy. So I'm like, I'm okay booing her. I'm curious of where they're going to go. Is she just going to go straight for Becky Lynch, a class of champions? Are they going to, it seems like they're building more of a feud with Natty. So maybe we'll get Sasha and Becky at Survivor Series. <laughs> yeah. Would you know, be okay. Yeah. I don't know who fine. Becky's going to fight, but it's one of those things where, the women's division still needs big names and they don't have any outside of the four horse women and Ronda Rousey. They don't have any other 
you know, Shayna Baszler's the next big name that they have. They have more big name women in NXT. If they'd use Asuka, if they would use, I mean, I don't know why Asuka hasn't showed up and say, hey, Becky Lynch, you t- I tapped you out in January. Right. You know, I don't know why they're just not using when they have some women who can really go, Kyrie Zane and Asuka <laughs> just sitting there with Paige, which now Paige just had another neck surgery. So is are, are Asuka and Kyrie Zane just going to be off TV now because they don't have a manager that they never needed to begin with? It's just a really weird, you know, you do have some talented women that could come in and do this, but they don't have anybody in any position to challenge these women. So as much as, yes, yeah, Sasha, I would have been fine if she just kind of really did, if she really did throw a temper tantrum, if she really did go away and was mad and complained about how she was booked, I would have been fine with her just going away. You know, hey, go to AEW, do what you're going to do there. And, you know, I hope it works out for you. I hope you get all that you wanted. But you need her around. You know, if you want to have a WWE women's division, you kind of need those big names. So her coming back still felt like a big deal. I was still excited. I was mad that I missed it because I saw I saw it. I was in travel. So I saw she was back and I was like, of course, the one week I don't watch Raw, I Sasha Banks comes back. It was nice to see her do a beatdown. It still felt like a big deal and i was still a little excited but as you said it is a little easier to i like when i can hate the heels right and this, you know and uh, i like that she has heat whether it's real heat whether it was manufactured heat i like that she has heat and then is a credible person for becky becky's had that belt since wrestlemania and she spent the summer fighting lacey evans who hasn't been on tv since and yeah how about that she is Right off TV. Yeah. I mean, Baron Corbin disappeared with her, so I don't yeah. know if they just decided to do kind of those things. And like I said, that's what I'm saying. They're they're giving these people time off. You know, Baron Corbin's now, we haven't seen him since Extreme Rules. So he wasn't anywhere part of SummerSlam. He wasn't anywhere part of any of these things. So it's like, are they going to go in some of these ebbs and flows with these wrestlers and giving these people a month, two months off to heal, recover, and then they can come back fresh as as a heel, you know, especially if you want to get people booed and do some of that stuff. So, like I said, Sasha Banks, I'm happy that she's back and I'm happy that she's a heel. Hopefully she's having fun. Hopefully she's happy and hopefully we get some good p- programs out of her. I agree. Now, we got an email from Ralph uh, talking about this Rey Mysterio angle. Ralph. 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 Like, yeah. okay. Ralph. Ralph. Ralphus. 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 Jericho's bodyguard from the 90s. It's exactly who it was. So we so we got emails this week from good to Rico, know Ralph, the Ralphus, stylist, and Ralphus. Ralphus knows how to email. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so he wanted to know, do you guys think this Rey Mysterio angle is just a way for him to get out of his contract since he's had an 18-month clause? Because he seems like he's still moving pretty good to be need to retire. So how do you think this, this angle? Now, Rey Mysterio's doing this angle. He's talking about, I can't go anymore, and he can't get back. And Andrade ripped off his mask, and he's like, I just can't do it anymore. And it seemed like he was going to retire in his on his promo on Monday until his son Dominic showed up and said, you know, we got to wrestle together. We got to be in a match. We got to do this. And Ray kind of took that step back. Now, you know, as Ralph is kind of saying here, I mean, do you think Ray Mysterio is just trying to get out of his contract and – because he had that 18-month clause that he could step away if he wanted to, which I think we're coming up to pretty quick. Or do you think, you know, what based on how he's booked, would you want to stick around? 
Well, I don't know, but you know, uh, as weird as it is that that e money guy busts into both of our houses and talks madness, I do have to agree with him about uh, the promo. I mean, it was Rey Mysterio's one of his best promos I've ever seen. Uh, it had real emotion. It was really good. Um, the whole Dominic thing is the thing that kind of intrigues me because it's like I don't know much about what he's doing. I've heard that he is training to be a wrestler, uh, but I didn't, you know, like I, if you put this kind of a storyline out there, you have to start thinking of ways in which it plays out. You could do the whole thing where this is where Mysterio turns the corner and starts getting back to his winning ways and maybe in a, you know, like by mania, like he does some kind of crazy match with Dominic, you know, and that's, he then calls it a career. Or you could do a whole different thing where, you know, they bring Dominic in as a wrestler and, you know, like eventually he turns on his old man. Like there's so many different ways you could go with this. So I'm just going to see where it plays out. You know, like uh, I have no idea. Like it just it, if, if he would have called it quits, I think that that would have been, yes, a way out of this 18 month clause thing. But. You know, that's obviously there's more to it than that. They wouldn't have given it as much time as they did if they didn't have a plan. Yeah. And I mean, they are telling us they are look like they're going to tell a story. I really hope it's not because I can't imagine Rey Mysterio retiring yet. Like I said, right. he's still moving pretty good and he's still having matches. Yeah. As I've said before, I think the WWE schedule is bad for him. And he always has those injuries because when he was wrestling on the indies, he was wrestling when he wanted to and he was able to take the time off to recover between each match and he wasn't doing night to night back to back matches. He wasn't doing all that stuff. So once you go to that WWE schedule, the older you get, the harder it is to keep up with that. So it makes sense as to why he keeps getting injured or having problems, but he's still moving great. He still can have a match when he wants to go. I mean, I don't see him slowing down or stopping. So I don't see why they would want to do a retirement angle unless this, like I said, just has to do with his son. And this is the storyline and I'd be curious to see where they go with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, like I said, I'd like to know more about Dominic's training because if it's serious and he's getting pretty good, like that would be an awesome surprise to see his son be able to get in the ring and go. Uh, right. Definitely makes me feel old though because I just remember him being like an eight-year-old boy I know, or right? however he was, uh, how old he was when that Eddie Guerrero storyline was going on. It's like it's just so crazy. It, it's it's weird. It is weird. I'm getting old, you know. Like I said, we're over the hill now. 40 this episodes. Is 40. This is 40. This is 40. Uh, so then last up on Raw, the Fiend attacked Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler was in the ring waiting for Sasha Banks to do King's Court, and the, the lights started going down. The music faded out. The Fiend was coming out. Everyone got excited. Jerry Lawler said, I know what this is. I'm out of here. And he pulled yeah. it, which I thought was funny. And then he proceeded to walk up the ramp, and then they did a very cool camera angle of the fiend popping up right behind him. And as E money said, he took the pervert down, <laughs> you know, it, it's went honestly, down to the mandible claw. Jerry Lawler went down. The fiend is, is the hottest thing they've got, man. And uh, supposedly the merchandise is flying off the shelves too. I do like that. They're there. They're less is more with the fiend. And that's great. Like just less is more, less is more. He had a great, you know, he had a great debut at SummerSlam. Uh, it, it's everything that I thought a payoff should be in a character design. So I love it. Um, if he's kind of going after legends, I hope that this, I really hope that this gets stretched all the way to mania. 
where he faces the Undertaker and gets his win back against Taker because supposedly Taker has had a hand in designing the Fiend. Um, and I I mentioned this last week. The Fiend kind of feels like it to me a little bit of like the impact of the Undertaker and Kane because he's got the very you know you know crazy mask. And if we look back in the '90s, Kane was a very intimidating character when he debuted too. Mm-hmm. So I think like got a lot going on with this character along with you know obviously bray wyatt's magic but i just uh i love it i just think if he's going after these legends and eventually you know maybe he has uh you know he's gonna have to lose eventually but i think you could stretch this out for a long time and have him just dominate and go after some go after whoever he wants basically you know yeah i I'm I'm digging it. I like the way that they built the feud with Finn Balor. I like, like I said, I like that it's just he pops up every once in a while. Hopefully we don't see him for another week or two. I would be fine with that. And I think it's good stuff, man. Hopefully he gets to keep the head lantern as there's mixed reports on whether or not that's going to stick around. I, I think, think it's it going to. I think it is. And supposedly the designer who designed it went on Twitter and said he's just getting started, meaning that there's more – unbelievable things that the fiend is going to unveil that will just make us all go like, Oh my God. So awesome. And I like that Bray Wyatt is doing the talking for him. So like, you know, it seems like whenever the fiend attacks somebody, Bray Wyatt gets on Twitter and apologizes uh, on behalf of him saying, I'm sorry, Jerry, will you forgive me? You know, we didn't mean to do that. You know, it's like, it's like, Oh my God, that's he's like his own manager. He's his own manager. Yes. And does it, it's just, it's super cool. And I really hope, I really hope they're, they know what they're doing. And so far they do, they do, they do. So far they do. We're going to jump into SmackDown live real quick and uh, try to hit some highlights here with SmackDown. I thought SmackDown was a pretty good show. I love the way it started. Randy Orton's promo on Kofi Kingston when he kept calling him stupid. Yes. And just the way he kept saying that, you know, oh God, that was just such a cool promo. And then what made it even better was that Kofi Kingston came out as the face champion and he looked smart. He snuck in through the crowd like a bad guy, attacked Randy Orton. The place erupted. He beat up Randy Orton, hit him with the trouble in paradise, said, who's stupid now? He looked like the strongest face champion we've had in years. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really it, – it, it makes you understand why they did the finish in SummerSlam, even though I didn't like the finish at SummerSlam. I think they feel like they couldn't just end it with Kofi getting the win to move on because Orton is proving why he needs to stay around the main event as a heel because he's just so good at it. And, like – you know, let's face it, this guy has been around now, and it's official, he's been around longer than Cena, you know, for the mm-hmm. for as far as, like, being consistently on the program. And mm-hmm. I feel like he needs to be at that same level of respect, and he isn't. And so having these feuds with Kofi Kingston and stretching it out for a few months is only a good thing. You know, I think this thing has legs now to probably, I mean, if he... uh if he can get the belts at class of champions and maybe you, you, you know, have him, you know, like win it in a very like, you know, bad way where, you know, like we still want Kofi to get that belt back. You could then set up a good feud for survivor series where Kofi does finally get the win and gets his belt back. Like, I don't know. I just, after the last couple of weeks of the back and forth and the attacks on the new day and making him watch, you know, 
him get his or him watching uh, Woods get his leg broken. It, it's good storytelling all around, you know. Yeah, and hopefully the story is like I said, this is to elevate Kofi to the next <coughs> level. You know, I mean, this is to get him over as champion, and that's he needs to get that win. Yeah, if he's going to lose at Clash of Champions or at Hell in a Cell or whatever pay per views in October. Um, you know, but it's got to culminate. He's got to come out on top of this feud, you know, regardless of if he wins or the belts a couple times, he needs to come out on the top and then you need to really run with it. And I mean, like I said, they, they're building him perfectly. And like I said, you can listen to past episodes. We were, you know, the idea of Kofi Kingston still being champion at this point, let alone being booked as consistently strong as he's been since WrestleMania is just insane. So he's another kind of thing like The Fiend. They're doing this right, and they're telling good stories, and Randy Orton is one that they need to get him past. He needs to get past Randy Orton to get that win back and to really get that, put a, a nail in this feud that started in 2009, you know, 10 yes. years ago. Mm -hmm. So it would just be great. And as long as that's where they're going with it, I'm, I'm, I'm all up on board for that. I think that was really good stuff. Um, we also had the inevitable Bailey versus Charlotte Flair feud. That started with the moment of bliss when Charlotte came out and said, I beat Trish. Nobody cared about Bailey. It's all me, me, me. It's time for me to get the belt back. And then Bailey comes out and says, we'll fight at Clash of Champions. And then she pushes her over and points and laughs. She, Bailey pushed oh. Charlotte in the chair. Charlotte went down. Bailey pointed and laughed at her like she was the bad guy and then walked away. Uh, me and Corey absolutely ripped her Survivor Series or uh, SummerSlam match last week um, for good reason. Mm -hmm. uh, Bailey is lost. She's lost. And it's really a shame, you know, because what I said last week was where's the Bailey that had little girls crying when she lost in NXT? And like that character is important. And I do want Bailey to succeed because I believe that character is really impactful to little girls. It reminds me of a lot of the 80s gimmicks of the past, which is important. But right now, she is just lost. And, like, this feels literally like, yeah, we got to get the belt off her because she's damaging it. And, and, and that's the way I feel. So, inevitably, Charlotte is going to get that belt back, which is fine because the belt just needs to stay on Charlotte for a while until somebody that is ready to be built to that next level comes around. And right now on SmackDown, I don't see anybody and not even Bailey, not even Bailey. Yeah, they don't have anybody. I mean, who's who? I'm, like I said, and that's what we're talking about with the Sasha Banks thing. They don't have anybody. The only other women that they have are Asuka and Kyrie Zayn that they could do something with, but we know they won't at this point. That could put on those level of matches outside of Sasha and Bailey can go when she wants to go. I have no doubt that Flair and Bailey won't be won't be a good match. I mean, they'll put on a they'll put on a match, and maybe Bailey gets the win. You know, to, this could be a way to get Bailey over. You know, Flair is at a level now where she can lose, and it's okay. Right. But with her beating Trish, I don't see her losing. So I, I think. I know, like, maybe, oh, this was a, many weeks ago, I talked about the necessity to have dedicated female tag teams. Mm -hmm. And this is now we're seeing the result of not having dedicated female tag teams. You know, Alexa Bliss, even though Alexa Bliss and Nikki, it, you know, it's, overall it's good storytelling, but they're, they're two single wrestlers mm -hmm. that are in this situation. Carrie Zane, Asuka, two single wrestlers pushed together into a tag team. Like, no, like, Go out and sign some good female tag teams that we've never heard of. 
put him in NXT for for like you know a few months, and then bring him up to Raw and SmackDown, and have them feud for the for the women's tag team titles. You've got to keep these talented women that are singles wrestlers single. Like you can build good singles wrestlers off of tag teams, but the other way around doesn't work in my opinion. It just never has worked, and now well, and we're seeing that, was, that happen. I thought that was so weird because. When they brought Kyrie Zane up to team with Asuka, she was currently in a tag team with Io Shirai in NXT called the Sky Pirates. Like they were literally had a name and music and they were a tag team down there, you know, doing their thing. So it's like, why? How did how did that happen? How did you end up bringing Kyrie Zane up to team her with Asuka? And it's just that never made sense to me as to how you even got to that point. But I don't know, man. What are you going to do? Speaking of another team, we have uh, Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura. It looks like as of right now, Sami Zayn is the mouthpiece for Shinsuke because as Sami Zayn puts it, Shinsuke is an artist who should, shouldn't should have to speak outside of his native tongue and what's in his heart. So they look like, and they joined up and beat up the Miz pretty good. And I mean, the charisma between the two of them is pretty solid. So, I mean, I think there could be some fun to be had with this. I'll give it a chance. I but mean, Sammy, was, this was out yeah. of left field. Yeah, it's a, definitely a WTF moment of the, the week. I mean, I'm, anytime I, Nakamura's on TV, I'm happy because it seems like they're hot and cold with him. Like, they want to push him to the moon again and have him have a good run with this IC belt, and then they don't have him on TV for a week or two. It's like, okay, guys, commit, commit. Um, hey, I get it. He doesn't speak that good of English, but it's kind of his thing that he kind of doesn't speak that good of English. But adding Sami Zayn as his manager slash mouthpiece could be intriguing. We'll see what happens. I mean, I feel like they want to make Sami Zayn some type of, like, character driven by what he says. And But I don't know if they would necessarily want to make him a full-blown manager. Mm-hmm. And if, if you got nothing else planned for this guy, which he's just been jobbing out left and right, right. then maybe that's the best thing for him right now. Yeah, I'd rather see him be a mouthpiece for Shinsuke Nakamura and let them run roughshod on the mid card than have Sami Zayn just keep losing over and over and over again. Right. Because Sami Zayn can cut a promo when he wants to cut a promo. Yes, he can. And, you know, as long as he's having fun with it and they're doing good. Like I said, I, I did enjoy their chemistry when they were doing that Miz TV segment and the faces they were making and the way that Sami Zayn was being kind of goofy, but then kind of a dick at the same time. I, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed what I saw. It's just like you said, it's a WTF. Like, where, what? You never know, man. Here? You never know. I mean, we you, a long time ago when Jericho and Kevin Owens first had their program, it started off kind of similar. And mm-hmm. then, you know, like all of a sudden they're in a WrestleMania match, you know, so it's like this could literally just be the start of the next big like bromance angle. And that's totally cool with me. So. Yeah. And then it yeah it escalates to another match because yep. I'd love to see another match with them because we haven't seen them in the ring again since Nakamura's debut at right. uh, NXT TakeOver Dallas. Yes. So to be I mean, I'm fine if they want to build it. And this is a way to bring Sammy back up without having yes. to worry about him losing or winning matches. So I, there's potential there. I'm curious. And if it gets both of them on TV doing something and doing something successfully, I'm all about it. Uh, speaking of success, Buddy Murphy has had some big weeks since uh, he was accidentally caught on camera and <laughs> got this push. But this week he fought Daniel Bryan in a pretty solid match. Um, and he actually pulled off the win. He beat Daniel Bryan. 
which I wasn't expecting, which almost made me mad that I wasn't watching the match harder. Like, I was watching it, yeah. I was enjoying what I saw, but I was like, there's no way Buddy Murphy's going to win, so I didn't give it, like, all of my attention, if that makes any sense. No, man, this guy's good. This guy's yeah. really good. And, uh, like, uh, I've got some buddies in Australia. They hope Maybe they hopefully listen to the podcast, and I'm going to give them some love because, like, they have always praised – uh, Buddy Murphy, like, because mm-hmm. he's, you know, started on the Australian Independence and he always put on amazing matches. But I feel like this guy accidentally, similar to Kofi Kingston, he found himself in a situation where social media got hold of something. WWE said, okay, let's see where this goes. And now this guy is going to just grab the whole brass ring, which is great. He had an amazing match with Roman Reigns last week, has an amazing match with Daniel Bryan this week. And of course, Daniel Bryan being Daniel Bryan who's still the most awesome person in the world gives him the job mm-hmm. or gives him the win. I should say like it's, it's good. It's good. It feels good to see somebody breaking out. And that's what you're, I feel like that's what you're seeing right now. Um, this guy gets in the ring and he just puts on a clinic every week and that's right. awesome. Yeah. I enjoyed, I, he was one of the reasons I was watching as much two Oh five live as I did when he had his run with the belt. I enjoyed him when he was part of, you know, Blake and Murphy in. uh, NXT and they were the tag team champs with Alexa Bliss as their manager. I mean that that seems like a million years from away from now, but God, yeah, it does. Yeah, he's he's done a transformation. He's can work it. He looked good in the ring. He's not that small of a dude, so I mean he can he can go. And I'm excited to see what they do, especially as the storyline's now kind of taking a twist away from him because we all throughout the night Daniel Bryan and Rowan kidnapped somebody. And had a hood over some dude's head and said, this is who attacked Roman Reigns and had him sitting backstage with a hood over his head in a chair, which was kind of awkward that they kidnapped and this dude was just kind of along for the ride. And then uh, they brought Roman Reigns to the room at the end of the night and took off. They said, this is who attacked you and pulled off the hood. And it was a Rowan lookalike. I almost stared at each other for 20 seconds. This was so awkward. And I almost hope that SmackDown starts next week at the exact same moment. (laughs) <laughs> like it's been it's been a whole week right. and they're still just staring at each other just and range and range just kind of like looks around and goes you know and then they bleep it out like what the <laughs> you know because it's right. like that's i didn't get it i i i don't i didn't get it and i don't get it so it it just seems like they're they're gonna go with a mistaken identity I guess, but I don't know where they're. I don't know where they go with it because then technically it's like, oh, sorry, man. I really thought it was you. I could see how they made that mistake. All right, you know. I mean, if that guy just literally says, "Yeah, I was driving the forklift. I'm sorry," and call it, then that's the end of the story. And wah wah. I just really think, like at this point, if it, if you're gonna go with Daniel Bryan and and Roman Reigns and another feud, then I just want to see the build up to that, like. If if that's what it was, like, oh, we got him, and it's just a Rowan lookalike, and we just stare at each other for 20 seconds and then end the show. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, like, let's just move on. Let's move on from the whole trying to kill him and just, like, this is why I wanted to kill you. Like, let's build the story. Like, right now, it just feels like, what are we doing? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It was kind of weird. <clears throat> it was kind of weird, but it does have me slightly... I want to know what's going to happen. So I'm yeah, ready but for... The, but to be fair, Chris, none of these storylines have ever worked where they try to kill somebody. No. R- Rikishi, like, really? Like, I remember, like, everyone losing their mind because it's going to be Billy Gunn, and Billy Gunn's going to have a great feud with Stone Cold, and it's going to be his main event push. 
and then it was Rikishi. It's like if it's if it's Eric Rowan on behalf of Daniel Bryan, great. Let's move on. I just don't want them to keep building it up, and then I actually get excited, and then it's Shorty G that was trying to kill Roman Reigns. <laughs> Shorty G. God, that'd be awesome. Now I want it to be Shorty G. I hate that we're calling him that. And last up for SmackDown, ugh. Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens. What are they doing, man? It's actually hurting Kevin Owens. That's what's it's going on. It's hurting him like ridiculous. Okay, so we had them fight at SummerSlam. Kevin Owens has been coming out like Stone Cold. He was wearing a Stun Owens Stun shirt this week. He's got new merchandise. He's been coming as his badass. He's breaking into the shows. He's just stunning everybody. He's doing his Stone Cold impersonation. There's just He's given no Fs. He's the outlaw. And then they had their big fight at SummerSlam, and he ends up giving a low blow, and he gets the uh, pin. He beats Shane McMahon. Yay, everybody's happy. The story should be over. No, it's not. Shane McMahon comes out on TV the night after SummerSlam and says, oh, we're not done. And because you uh, attacked an official Kevin Owens, you're going to be fined $100,000. Okay, Kevin Owens then is upset because he's now fined $100,000. So then this week, we have him, Kevin Owens, coming to Shane McMahon and saying, hey, man, you know, I'm really sorry for what I did, but I mean, this is my kid's future and, you know, paying for college. And I, you know, it might not be a lot of money for you, but it's a lot of money for me. And I, I just don't, you know, I don't, I don't understand. And, you know, is there any way you can reconsider what you're, you know, what, what you did and can you take the fine away? And then Shane McMahon says, yeah, you know, let me think about it. You know, let me think about it. And then they come back to cut it. Oh, thanks for coming back to my office, Kevin. You know, before your King of the Ring match, you know, I'm going to I'm going to waive the fine. But if you ever attack an official again, um, you're going to be fired. And Kevin goes, OK, thank you. And he puts out his hand to shake Shane McMahon. Like, what the hell? What it's, what What is this? And then and yeah. then Shane McMahon is like, I'm not there yet. I, I'm not ready to shake your hand. Who's the good guy in this? What is happening in this the storyline? And Kevin Owens, why, why, why are they making Kevin Owens look and sound this way? Like, I mean, there could be a payoff somewhere, but all it is is hurting Kevin Owens right now. Because then he had a match with Elias as the king of the ring. This was the main event of SmackDown. King of the ring final. Or first round match, Kevin Owens and Elias and Shane McMahon was out there. And then Shane McMahon got in the way and took off his shirt and was like, Oh, I'm where I'm a referee. I'm, I'm the referee. You can't attack me or you're going to be fired. What? He, he's a McMahon. Just fire him. If you don't want him, like none of it makes any sense. None of it is worth it. And all it's doing is making Kevin Owens look like a, a rube. I don't know. Uh, and I just, it, it, it's like a 50, 50 booking where they just, maybe they just didn't know what they were doing and maybe thought, Oh, there's no way this is going to get over. And it, it did. And now they like, Oh, well we can't have him be that over. You know, it's like, I don't know. I it's hope that's really not weird. The, right? I hope that's not the case. I hope there is some grand payoff where we're like, Oh, but you know, in our experience of being disappointed, it's hard for us to think that. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Remember, we got to be I, WWE I, marks about this, but I still. just, <laughs> I, I just want Shane McMahon off the television. <laughs> I, I just, know, right? I just want him off TV. Like, it's just, if it, if this ends up being, like, some kind of thing where Kevin Owens slides back into being a heel, I'm going to be so mad. Like, right? come on, bro. Like, really? Well, I, where do you, and even if you have a big payoff with this, <clears throat> even if you have a big payoff with this story where he's still going to, like, give one to Shane McMahon, why are you spending all these weeks making him, why are you cooling him down? Right. 
you know, I mean, he's been being this outlaw and he's just been tearing, tearing everyone's ass the entire time for, for the past like month and a half. And he's been getting cheered and he's been getting over. Why cool him down? Why know. does he care about a fine? What would Austin right. have done if they would you would have gave him a fine? He would have gave you two fingers. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like, what What do you mean? Like, this doesn't even make any sense as to why. What's going on? I don't get it. It's, it's like they, It's like they still are holding on to this Kevin Owens face gimmick of him being like a family man. Like, they just can't give it up. And it's yeah. like, no, like, give it up. It sucked. Just make him so Stone Cold 2.0. It's okay. It's okay. It's been 25, almost 25 years. Like, he can be the next Stone Cold. It's absolutely fine. And he, and it was just crazy when he was doing his whole, like, sobbing to Shane McMahon. He was wearing a Stun Owen Stun shirt. So I'm like, all right, you, he's, you're, you're all in on this, like, gimmick, but then now you're not actually using it anymore? Right. Like, it just was so weird. And it, like I said, it, it just makes you – I mean, Shane McMahon, for the most part, just checks me out at this point anyway. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, all right, I'm, I'm checking out. He checks out, out the whole audience, though. I know he the does. The live crowds are booing saying boring the minute he starts talking like yeah. it's it's over man he's got to go i know but the problem is is they, they he gets the biggest reaction even if they're saying it's boring he still gets that reaction so then you know like you said no reaction for nia Jax. you know you do no reaction for these people you don't like baron corbin you don't boo him you just sit on your hands and right. you just whatever baron corbin's out here and he'll go away shane mcmahon's the same thing you know it's like yeah you want to boo him because you're mad at him but as long as you keep making noise he's going to stay on tv and he's going to keep burying people because apparently that's just where he's headed back to bury now kevin owens it's really weird i don't know where they're ultimately going with this Corey was here i know he would say they're going to make him wwe champion they're building kofi kingston up to lose to shane mcmahon god that's awful he's probably right i know he is I know he probably is, and that makes me sad a little bit. And now I regret making that the last thing we talked about. <laughs> oh, well. What you going to do? Now that everyone is bummed out, we can let, let them go. We can just let the people go in sad, stunned sadness. Kind of like the end of Arlington Road. If you haven't <laughs> seen that movie, it's like it's a great movie, but... Uh, you know, there's not many endings where like you just think everything's gonna be okay and it's not. Yeah, that movie's definitely one of them. Like the mist. Yeah, yeah. Where those movies. Just... Once in a while, when that's executed well, it really is awesome. So this right? is, this episode is our Arlington Road. We're not ending it on a positive note. This is a sad ending. Sad episode ending. forty. We're old. We're over the hill. We're tired. We're gonna go to bed. We're tired. This this feeling this feeling that you have right now as we're leaving you with this. This is 40. Love it. (laughs) All right. We'll be back next week with the only episode 41 there will ever be. Shoot us more emails so we can uh, add you to the conversation, guys. 123yeswrestling at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us. Subscribe to our podcast on wherever you listen to podcasts. Review us, rate us, all that good stuff. We appreciate all of that. It just helps get the show out there. And the more the bigger we are and the more further our reach, the more we can do. So until next time, thanks a lot. Oops, you can't shit them. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I'm glad I took some cold medicine before I got on the air. That, that was some ridiculous shit I said. <laughs> <laughs>